Hello and welcome to the Dad and Sons podcast, where we have Liam Edwards back again from the pits. Oh my god. I missed you guys. How you doing? How you doing? I, I, I missed you guys too. Aww. You guys have fun last week talking about all the things you can talk about because I wasn't around. We spent the last week gushing over over Disco Elysium and Outer Wilds <clears throat> and, and Bojack Horseman. We gotta eventually change to new stuff though at some point, right? Yeah, I feel bad because I want to listen to it because obviously go dads, right? But I can't because it's all spoilers for stuff I will eventually get to. So I have no idea what happened last week's episode, but I am I am assured it was a good one. Those are all damn good games. But anyways, <laughs> uh, in this podcast, I am apparently a boomer and, and everyone else is a millennial because I, I did follow your guys' Uh, recommendations, and I'm trying to figure out the wonderful world of music, and I installed Spotify, and, <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm old or not, but the interface and terminology is is weird for me to wrap my head around. Like, like okay, this thing is supposed to make you a playlist of music that you're supposed to like, right? I mean, that's not its only functionality. You can search for whatever <laughs> artist you want and listen to them at any time, but... A big part mm-hmm. of having Spotify is that Spotify curates playlists based on what you've been listening to. So if you have, in fact, not listened to anything, it will have no data. Yeah. But but to get there and, like, add it into the George Taste generator <laughs> algorithm, <laughs> do I like the song or do I add it to my queue you or ju- my playlist? You just like, listen to it. three terms there? Just, That's, listen that- just listen to it. I don't know. I'm thinking there might should be a tutorial mode to help me figure this out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> George is a boomer. You man. What 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 have and, you um, listened to on Spotify so far? <laughs> uh walking music. <laughs> 80s workout. Okay. That's okay. that's pretty And good. there's there's another playlist it generated for me called relaxing music, but that's a lie. <laughs> the the first choice on there was an acoustic version of the mad world song remember from the gears of war commercials yeah, that's, that's pretty my really playlist dude yeah yeah that is not relaxing that's a song about the like stressful intensity of childhood and and the tumultuous coming oh of age of, of growing up in a mad music. world <laughs> how can you not think about how mad the world is when listening to mad world yeah but you're supposed to think about the feeling of it not like the depressing reality <laughs> It's a depressing George, song. Can you, can you do me a favor and find what the playlist is for surviving Asian coronavirus? All right. So there is actually a, a playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I actually typed it in and searched it, and something came up called Canciones para el esperar el coronavirus. Let's, let's, let's see what that means. And if I just <laughs> horrifically cursed everyone out in Spanish. Oh, my God. It... it w- I don't think you can you have should, that on Spotify. You, sh- you should play a little bit of it, George. Put it on <laughs> in the background. Are... It means songs to wait for the coronavirus, too. <laughs> oh I need uh... to be listening to this playlist. I've been wearing a mask You're all up... week, and I need to listen to this playlist. One of one of the songs on the top of the list is uh, The Final Countdown by Europe. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! I'm a big fa- I'm a big fan of this playlist. That's ridiculous. It's the end of the world as we know it by by REM. The end by the Doors. <laughs> wow! Here comes the sun by the Beatles. Cool. 
So, anyways, in in the spirit of me finally reaching those golden oldie years where technology gets more mysterious than before, I I decided to do a bit of audience participation and totally forgot to mention that it was for the podcast because I did it at four a.m. in the middle of the night. Yeah, great job, technology. And and asked Twitter, what is there not an app for, and what will there never be an app for? That's a pretty good one. I mean, you would generally think there's an app for everything. Well, according to James A., by the username of Corolla, there will never be a dating app that will send you personalized videos from WWE superstar Hulk Hogan. Wait, there is no way, there is no way Hulk Hogan isn't on Cameo.com. We, on the, we here on the Dan Sons are big fans of Cameo.com, <laughs> even though we've probably been banned on there for harassing David Hayden. Yeah. But there is no way that Hulk Hogan, that bankrupt like four he's times. He's not on there. He's not. Oh my. Does he not know? <laughs> he could make so much money. But he's still big. He's still big. The, the, the full message is, is there, there There will never be a dating app that'll have Hulk Hogan explaining to you how and why the message you're about to send her is cringe. But I think you got, Liam actually just cracked the secret code here. Well, that's the thing with, with Hulk Hogan, you can imagine it'd be like, hey brother, you get your first video for $100 and if you get me to be racist, it's $50. Oh my. God. Oh, yeah, so it's cheaper <laughs> to make a video with him that has him getting in trouble for it. I mean, if it's his sex tape, it goes for free on the internet, so... Um, Odeon Sleep suggests DMs in your local area waiting to run a game for you or find players for your dungeon fast. That sounds like an app. That sounds like it could be waiting to happen, yeah. Matt, yeah. is that an app that you have come across? Oh, which app? An app that's like Tinder, but for DMs. <laughs> DMs? Dungeon Masters. Oh. Not not no. your usual type of DMs. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I'm thinking like, you know, sliding into the DMs yeah, yeah. type DMs. Yeah. So not I was your, like, not your you weekend plans. Weekend plans DMs. Yeah. Um, that would be kind of sweet. Can you can you imagine two dungeon like a, a couple dungeon masters? That that would be interesting. I don't I don't think that it'd would be exist great. though. It'd be great if there was an app like in the city where it was like D and D games happening in your area that need players. And I, that's got to exist in some way. I can almost imagine a like economy develop out of it. Like professional DMs could charge people for like really high quality sessions or something and and op- advertise through the app. It could become a new gig economy. We can disrupt the market. I mean, D and D's popular. It's not that popular, is it? it? I mean, it's popular, but not that popular. Yeah. I I got into it. I I actually started getting involved with the group and uh, <gasps> trying to wrap my head around the idea that I can just think up of something for my character to do instead of pick from a George. A list of video game verbs. Let's divulge a little bit here. George, what is the name of your D&D character? It's pretty cool. <laughs> Luctric Steel Buckle. <laughs> is he a thief? He's, he's a dwarf who's crazy. Wait, and he is a fighter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, near it. Fucking near it. <laughs> I got involved with the really serious DM that has us playing on Roll20, which visualizes the game board in front of everyone who logs on, and the DM slides the pieces across, and and she puts music on, 
Like, like oh, they'll have a playlist of Elder brilliant. Scrolls and movie music. We, we're okay. going to do and this, right? The three of us, we're going to do yeah, this, Yeah, right? I got to do this. Yeah. Dads and Dungeons. Really? Dungeon I haven't played Dads. D&D in forever, dude. I haven't played okay, it in a couple of months okay. either. We, we yeah. did promise that we would do this at some point. We could We could try. But that would be fun. What else, George? What else well, apps on in any case, uh, app that tells you what food you'd most likely enjoy from a restaurant based off your previous meals. So, you can't work Spotify, but you could work that. Dude, I would have so much more fun doing, like, Foodify than Spotify. <laughs> like, like I, I, I would spend all my money on the first day. <laughs> Foodify. I wonder how that would work, though. It would have to be based on other people. Uber Eats right? kind of already does this, right? Like, Uber Eats in Japan Ooh. recommends dishes based on what your previous orders were. Yeah. So, it kind of already See, But exists. that's Japan. That's Japan. But it's Japan still Uber has, Eats. like, a certain standard in food. Yeah, yeah, yeah food. that's true. That's true. I, I Over have, here in I America, you know... <laughs> Garbage You're like, oh, you like pizza. All right, well, <laughs> here's... You've ordered, this is the this fifth is nice. pizza you've ordered this week. Working late hours. How about another pizza? <laughs> yeah. Here's Little Caesars. No, I don't want Little Caesars. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the kicker here is that the algorithm would need to know what item you order at the restaurant. So what I think we need to do is partner with everyone's bank so that when you swipe your credit card, it sends data of your transaction and preferences to a various selection of third-party companies that will cater restaurant recommendations you could pay to through, you. You could pay through the app, like uh, PayPay in Japan or something. You could you could have your credit card tied to the account, and then you just scan a QR code on your phone, mm. and then it pays for it, and also takes the data. But we need to pay for this, right? Pay for the app? Our monetization scheme, I think we should tack on like a two-cent charge every time people... No, they're, they're, just, they're just selling your data. We're, we're just selling everybody's data to Facebook. Now, that's big money. I'm definitely not mm. gonna... Definitely not gonna get us in trouble in any way, shape, or, or violate everyone's privacy, or just create shittier jobs that don't have as good protections yeah. as, as the older ones. Liam is looking to to make his own game, so he needs that 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 not that Facebook money, huh? <laughs> I need Facebook I money. need any money. <laughs> <laughs> just give me any money. PSA username suggests something that I am super down for. Uh, and they just say, I can list off at least five different government bureaucracy bullshits that need streamlining into an app that'll never get done. Healthcare, immigration, housing for young people, etc. Seriously, I don't know why Guys, this isn't, like, governments, especially yeah. in America, you pay for fucking everything, right? Like, they will spend money on absolute garbage. I can't believe there isn't apps that help you just sort out, like, the most necessary of things. Like, oh, my pension. I need to pay that. Oh, <laughs> I need to sort out my health care. Why is it not an app? Seriously, like, wouldn't it be great if you could do your taxes on your phone? If you could do everything. I do everything on my phone. I, I would love for everything to just work. I would love for a tax thing to just scan all the receipts. Yeah. Yeah, just point your phone at your W-2, press a button, and it 
like when you put Why a check into the bank, this? it can scan the handwriting on on your your shitty scribble serial killer. You guys handwriting still write checks? checks in I do. I don't know, Matt. How does it work for you? I do not write checks. Holy shit! <laughs> well, you can't. You say still do that when like in Japan they don't even use credit cards. Well, that they do much. now. Just, but actually, Japan is so adverse to credit cards that Japan started its own bubble. Where as of 2020, the biggest thing <laughs> is to use payment apps like PayPay and 7-Eleven Pay, which absolutely got like $6 million worth of money stolen from it in like its first week. Um, th but they, they're like huge Ooh, yeah. into these apps now. The biggest one I think is called PayPay. And you don't, you, you basically attach your <laughs> bank account to it. You don't attach your credit card. You attach your bank account to it. And then you use your phone or your Apple Watch or whatever to just scan it at the combini or vending machines because all new vending machines have it as well. And you just pay what? for everything with your phone. So Japan, so, Japan so skipped the whole credit card thing and Japan was like, nah, they fuck it, it, dude. Decades of it. Fuck it, we'll just go straight to apps. <laughs> we'll just tie your, this app yeah, to your Yeah, they bank skipped account. credit cards and, and went straight to Cash App and, and Venmo. But Japan is trying to get away from cash so much that it's actually cheaper by 2% to buy everything via these apps because they give you cash back on everything to I'll incentivize people yeah. to use it. When when we what? come back for Nintendo Land this year, let's let's do it. Let's use all the silly Japanese yeah, payment apps. Honestly, it's worth cash. it. Like, like we got like so we have like a lot of Japanese offices have this like like it's kind of like a kitchen. You know you have like free snacks and and stuff like in, or or you pay for things like in an office. So we have like a snack bar where you can pay for it using PayPay. Like you can literally, there's a QR code on a piece of cardboard and you just scan it with your phone and you pay for it. But like they were really trying to push it so hard that for every $10, you basically got $3 back. So you got everything good. you bought in the beginning for free. Like you got $3 worth of stuff for free every $10. It was crazy. And every so just like 30% discount on anything ever? Yeah. It, and that went off like six months. I would never months. do that in America. No, Japan is really pushing really hard to do it. I think it's because of the Olympics this year and they want to, when all the foreigners come over and, and they're like, hey, yeah, we don't use banks and faxes and... It'd probably really help out. I mean, you guys do not like credit cards for some reason and everyone else does. It's weird because in the UK, I used to feel terrible about using my debit card to pay for like a dollar's worth of things. And now in Japan... I pay for everything with my phone. Next oh. thing you know, they're going to be putting chips into your arms. <laughs> that, would, that would cut out the middle amount of apps. We might as well get rid of it. You could just scan your wrist. <laughs> Beep. Beep. And in any case, um, what, what do you guys want to do some small talk about? Have you guys played any games? Because I've played literally one game in this entire month. I have played a game. One game. You're <clears throat> saving us. I played Greedfall. 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 After yeah. a Plague Tale, you're straight in on the, the Eurojank RPG Focus Home Interactive <laughs> stuff, aren't you? <laughs> Is it Spiders? Is they called Spiders, the guys who make Greedfall? Yeah, a game by Spiders. It, wow. it, it sticks in your brain. Let me tell you, I never remember studios until I look it up for myself on the internet. 
but I remember their name because <laughs> every time I loaded the game, a game by spiders. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, if if like they ever did a documentary, like the first bit of it would have to be with, with like fake spiders. It would have to be. It would ha- they would have to do that joke. I'm wondering why they're called spiders because none of the games they put out have like a kind of insect spiders, <laughs> right? They're like sci-fi future stuff, and in Greedfall looks like a fun. George, I mean, we're called really dad and good sons. direction actually. <laughs> Do none of us are dads. None me. of us well. are dads. <laughs> I think. I think all of us are sons. Though. I. I, I are think we? these. <laughs> these are, these are qualifications I'd rather leave up to the audience. Anyways, yeah, I'm not seeing any spiders in the screenshots of Greedfall. I'm seeing some really cool looking costumes, though. The spider, I'm pretty sure it comes at the end. So, um, you think there'll be a spider in the end? So this game, this game is a. Uh, I was expecting it to be kind of okay, but it's actually pretty good. <laughs> really, that's that is really cool to hear about. Yeah, because I like I saw it and it's like you know. It's like one of those games. It's like oh, a bunch of eights. You know, it's just like it's like yeah. all right. <laughs> it's like really all right. You know, when you see it plastered all over like all the game screens and stuff. Um, and it, it just looked like you know back in the days when they used to play like Two Worlds and Sacred Two and all. Them. Oh yes, that's like, fantastic oh, masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I like those games. So the one thing I, I so I did I did actually hear that this game was pretty good and it reviewed pretty well, didn't it? Decently for a Spiders game, anyway. But yeah, the one thing they said yeah. is that like the towns and stuff were like desolately empty. They're not really. They just have yeah. If you don't pay attention to the dumb NPCs, it actually looks lively. So don't pay attention to the NPCs in the city, and it feels yeah, lively. Yeah, yeah. It feels lively. No, there's, there's, there's like merchants shout the same thing over and over again, um, and um, there's like a constantly like people walking around. So it seems huge, and it's because the cities are pretty pretty big. Yeah. It's like a, an illusion almost. Like it's <laughs> it's big, but it's like. You know, when you really think about it, it's like, oh, it's not that big. Um, but they just have, uh, like, a few NPCs walking around. Sometimes they get in your way. Sometimes the NPCs will literally walk in your way. When you're trying to, you know, like, you're, you're trying to use the shoulder to walk past them or run past them. And they, like, move in front of you. <laughs> Excuse me, Dr. Freeman. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. But, like, uh, the game is quite interesting. I would say it's not like I w- I'm not gonna s- sit here and say it's like the best thing ever, but so like, what, there's yeah. a lot of good things going for it. Like the combat is pretty fucking fucking <laughs> good. Where does it where does um, it sit in a scale of Dragon Age Origins to Witcher Three to Mass Effect Andromeda oh and Mass Effect Three? <laughs> it has a little bit of Andromeda, that's for sure. Dramada. Yeah, it has a little bit of drama. Dramada. Um it's not Witcher Three, but uh, it's more Dragon Age Origins, you know, like still kind of oldish, you know? There's still like mm. um like when you first start it, like the camera does move instead of it just cutting, it just move into um into like a, a 
your player controlled camera like from a cutscene. Like there's a couple like cinematic moments like that. Like they were in the beginning they were like really like trying to sell that like oh this game is actually not you know garbage. <laughs> there's some like good animation here. Um but yeah, there you know sometimes you see like the arms will be just be animated wrong. It'll just like crank up a bit. Okay. You know right. like the just across the elbow. Yeah. That Euro just jank. a little bit of jank. There's a little uh, bit of okay. like jank, uh, especially like later on in the game. Like in the beginning, I would say it's pretty. They they keep it pretty solid, but later on in the game, there's a lot of little things that kind of slip through the cracks. Um, but all in all, like the system, the leveling up system, um, where you can choose like, um, it has a little bit of like Zelda ness to it. Where not Zelda, well I guess kind of Zelda, where you basically you level up. Um, every couple levels and you can choose to do like vigor or charisma or something like that and if you have like a certain amount of vigor which one uh, from level one to four you can do kind of different things in the world like balance on a beam or jump over a big you know cliff or something like that to get to a different area so they kind of block off certain places like that you can go at any time because you just level up into that place and you can also reset your tree there's a lot of quality of life stuff in this one as well like a lot of things that usually games like this tend to miss there's a lot of that in here so you can always reset your skills um after like a big battle um you get like a little gem you can um there's always like a like a player house that you can like um craft and everything at every city holy shit um yeah <laughs> like it's it's one of those things where they really take your attention away from it being like an unfinished game because it's good feels on them old. fucking good on them yeah. that is hard to yeah. do like it's they hard. obviously yeah. it's weird because those types of games especially like spiders and you know other companies like that like the what is it the guys who make the surge uh, Lords of the Fallen. Yes. The, what are they called? Deck yeah. 13 or something? I can't remember. They're about the same size, right? European, like, smaller studios that are making these big-ass yeah. RPGs. Like, they always massively outscope themselves, yet somehow manage to pull, like, a 7 out of 10 game out of these things. It's pretty amazing. It, I'm it, really... I'm, I'm wondering if spiders will ever have, like, a 9 out of 10 hit on their hands, though, because every one of them tends to be better and better than the last one and greedfall like looks impressive i don't know i'm seeing weird clipping and stuff but the costumes and the lighting and the the texture work on everyone is gorgeous yeah it's the voice acting's good too the voice acting's good too i mean they (sighs) pronounce words very differently (laughs) i i keep hoping that this studio will develop into something that's like a real competitor with bioware but I still see that the Metacritic's on it hovering around the 70s. Yeah, I think the money is in a very different type of league. But So, Matt, are you playing on PC or are you playing on console? I imagine, uh, Yeah, I imagine it runs a little better on PC. Did you did yeah. you get it like on the cheap or was it... How, how, why, how did you end up with it anyway? Yeah, it was a little bit on the cheap side. Uh, let me see here how much I paid for it. I just went ahead and bought it. I was like, oh, I wanted to try RPG again because um, I've had that itch again. You know, you know when you like get that RPG, itch, like, okay, that, that, I've played RPG itch. Disco. Yeah, 
I played disco and all of them. And um, I was like, what is left for me to play? <laughs> what is left for me to play? And I saw Greedfall, so I was like, okay, you know what? Let me let me actually try it out. Nice. Yeah, Greedfall, yeah. Um, it's going to be like 50, 50 bucks. <laughs> so, it's going to be like 50 bucks. I don't know. I don't know. Fifty bucks is going to be um, the best for everyone. Like for this game, like I, I'm not gonna say it's gonna. Like for fifty bucks, you can get a lot of other stuff. Would you yeah. say fifty bucks has been worth what the time you've had with it now? No, because I haven't. I feel like I still need to play in, uh, the next half of the game. And for me, like always, I want to know how the game ends before I like say like oh yeah that was worth it. I feel oh, like right. you have okay, to right. stick the landing. I, I understand like getting like having Man, a good journey. So you different have to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, for me like especially full price tag. That's basically full price tag. Yeah. Mm. You gotta you gotta stick that landing. Well we'll see um, next week because you're a fucking machine and you finish games like that. No, what are yeah. you talking about? This is a long game. It, it disco took me like a over a month to finish. It did not feel like that from my end. Uh, <laughs> uh, because I, you're playing multiple games at once. That's what it is. I, uh, I wish I could I got play disco, one game. Darkwood. <laughs> uh, how how are you at disco? What, what what day are you on? I'm I'm on day three. I'm art cop now. Art cop. Half art critic, half cop. <laughs> Yes, please. I've also uh, noticed that the clock in game does not tick forwards unless you're talking to people or reading things. So when I needed to wait for uh, <laughs> 9 p.m. to roll around, I just wasted some old lady's time standing on the street asking her dumb questions again and again. Uh, that is a hilarious game. But uh, I, I don't think I've talked about Darkwood before. Darkwood. Yes, I, I played Sounds a little bit of that. Sounds generic. Kind of, sort of, but you'd be surprised. Um, genre is fairly, like, generic, don't starve style, uh, fortify a base against monsters that come out at night, explore around during the daytime, but the atmosphere in this game is, like, really, really, really freaking good. There's a lot of cool visuals that that belie a little bit of unpredictability to the mechanics that that are good for horror when you are inside your house at night you hear this horrifying fog outside and sometimes you'll hear doors creak open and it'll be like or, or furniture sliding around and it'll really happen to the physics objects in the game and and you might see like a face appear in the fog oh, outside this looks absolutely but... terrifying oh yeah yeah it, it is it is it is also surprisingly polished too i was playing some early access versions in earlier years but this time they um it, it feels like they shrunk the map and made the destinations a little bit less of a walk to one another and uh optimized the some tutorial and and player user experience stuff but it still does that thing that a lot of games in this genre do where when you die you kind of sort of replay the same 15 minute chunk of uh, what you were doing earlier the previous morning if you die at night. And there's a lot of long walking back to the same places over and over again. The repetition is a little grating on me, but I'm wondering if it'll um, 
smooth out and power later on as I power through the learning curve and get through it. Because it is, like, I would say it's worth the $15 price to feel this atmosphere itself. Like, the game has phenomenal pixel art, sound design, and and eeriness to it all. It's It's got some of the spookiest footstep noises in any horror game I've played. Damn. Well, I'm a wuss, so... I won't be playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, how far did you get? Because I remember getting my place and then trying to figure out, like, how things work. And I gave it a couple hours. This was, this was a while back. But, like, it it just... It just felt like I didn't... I never reached a, 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 a balance, a center... You know, an understanding yeah. of what exactly the progression was. Which which is why one of the reasons I think I'm having an easier time this time is because this is technically a p- replay and I've, I've gone through the first first few days before. I know a little bit more about what to do and where to go, but that problem is kind of sort of creeping in now as I get into new areas and die and replay the chunks over again. But that's deliberate I, I i can tell by now it's really deliberate they want you to feel like you're always running out of gasoline for the generators especially like i rarely feel confident beginning a new day in darkwood with whatever supply of gas they've left me behind from the previous one like like the pacing here is is silent hill it's 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 designed so that every time you run out of of bullets you'll find a new pack of one right then very very sparse is it with, random uh, generated survival it's it's a survival game right so yeah. What is what is survival about it? Is it randomly generated or is it a story or It's I I don't want to confirm whether or not it's totally procedurally generated because the level looks kind of sort of what I remember from years ago, but items might be misplaced um depending on on some formula behind the scenes. But it's survival in the sense that you're crafting bandages and dealing with uh, status effects, chipping away at your HP meter over a long, slow burn, uh, time management. Are you playing it right now, George? I'm clicking through screenshots. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a hell of a lot of clicking. You must be Did running away that? from something. Did you hear that? All right, well, time to make a timestamp and, and edit it out. Sounds good. Well, as you guys know, I've been far too busy making games to then to play them. And I have wow. barely played that statement. I know, I know. But I've been, I've been making games. And he's like, he's stroking his hair. <laughs> as he says it too. Is, is that what he's stroking? Are you sure? I don't oh. even know yeah. what day it is. Let alone your bullshit. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, God, I have barely played anything. But in my typical Liam on his bullshit kind of way, I played. Legends of Rune Terra. That sounds like a video game name if I have ever heard a video game name. It is the League of Legends card game that came out last week. Oh. Oh. Lame. Very lame. Another card game segment. I did play another game that I'll talk about very briefly in a minute because I haven't really played much of that yet, but I'm I'm kind of enjoying it. Um, But first... Legends of Runeterra. It's a card game based around League of Legends. It copies a lot from Hearthstone and a lot from Magic. Of course it does. 
and then mashes them together. It's it's got it's got like a really interesting mechanic that I really like, which is that both players cannot attack on the same turn. So when you have a round, the attacking player will be will make a will make a move first, like play a card or a spell, and then it immediately passes to the other player who can then make a response. And then it passes back to you, and you can choose to do another uh, move, or then you can choose to attack. And then the other player has to defend or respond. And then once that's passed, the round is over, and then it Ooh. goes to the next player as the attacking player. So usually, obviously, Mind in games. Hearthstone or in you know Magic, each player has an attacking turn each, where you know they can't respond unless they have like certain spells that that, that can block or do stuff or defend. Like, in this, the, the whole point is that you're doing your strategy and at the same time, the other player is sort of doing their own but trying to respond to what you're doing each turn. But what makes it interesting is that you can choose to attack at any time. So is it advantageous to not do anything and attack immediately so your opponent doesn't have much time to respond to anything? Or do you, like, lay out all your shit and attack at the end? So there are some interesting mechanics about it. I have played a fair bit of it, like a couple of hours. I've won quite a few games. The decks in that game are super weird, and they're built really weird. But it's not very recognizable. Like, League of Legends is full of champions, and these champions are, like, the main components of this game, right? They're, the, they're like, the powerful cards, but all of the other cards that Magic is really good at because Magic is incredible at world building and, like, you know, they have all the different planes and all the different aesthetics and all this kind of thing. And they're trying to copy that a little bit with different regions of Rune Terra, which is the area in which League of Legends takes place. But nobody knows anything about the world because there's been no other thing other than League of Legends, a MOBA, to build the world building. So everything else is, like, generic assassin generic tavern keeper generic bard fantasy cards that are not that interesting so they're not interesting to look at there's no interesting world building it's not like hearthstone where you have all this years of world of warcraft and years of uh warcraft before that to flesh out the other side of card collecting which is you know the interest in the cards and that kind of thing so whilst it's fun i don't really know if I'd keep playing right now. I imagine it will take off on I my mean, Twitch and stuff, but yeah. You you heard me giggle at the name. Legends <laughs> yes, of Rune Terra. Rune Terra. Welcome. The third age of the Protect third age. Protect the Yards. Go against Piltover. Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's alright. It's very flashy. Graphically very flashy. Has some interesting mechanics. I like playing it casually, but I can't imagine playing it any more than I would Magic or something like that. Um, but something I have been having fun with that I haven't had much time to play, which is really odd, and I just had like a really gnarly itch to play a game like it, which is ironic because Matt... Obviously, this is an audio feature, but Matt is wearing a Warhammer t-shirt or something. But I... Yeah, I, it's 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 the champions. It's the card game. Oh, it's the one that Matt, Matt worked on. Pimp that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not that we care about that anymore. Um, 
Now it's a sleeping, yeah, now it's a sleeping shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how all video game PR shirts end up. <laughs> um, I downloaded Blood Bowl 2. Really? I downloaded Blood Bowl 2. I never 2. understood have, that game. Have, yeah, so have you, either of you played Blood Bowl 2? Or Blood Bowl? The, the... I've... I, I feel like me and Matt did sit down for a session once at a con. Did we? It was... <laughs> I'm trying to remember if it was Blood Bowl or Mutant League. Mutant League. It was Mutant League. Okay. Okay, so... Wait, I, I, but I, Mutant League football is the one from, like, the 90s. Yeah, never mind. The 2018 one must have been what we were playing. So Yeah, no, I, we haven't done Blood Bowl, but we've done Mutant League. Okay, so, like, a tactical sports thing, then. So, I've had a weird... Itch to to get back into Warhammer or something resembling Warhammer for a while, and I kind of know it's only an itch, so I just wanted to scratch it before I spent like hundreds of dollars on Warhammer figures. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Right <laughs> when I was a teenager, I loved it. Now I kind of yeah. want to play like a smaller game like Kill Team or something. But anyway, I kind of was interested in. You know, I like sports and stuff, and I really like when people make spin-offs of sports in some way. And then I remember Blood Bowl, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's a, a video game. Speaking of Focus Home Interactive, you know, they released Blood Bowl, too. And I, like, I was like, oh, I wonder how this is. And I bought it in the sale, but I didn't get around to it for a couple of weeks. And fuck me, is it confusing. <laughs> yeah. They managed to make, like, the easiest sport in the world to understand, American football, and uh, what, really? the, the slowest game, and make I, it I, even slower. But, I really started to, like, I watched, like, a lot of YouTube videos about it, and I started learning tactics, and I really got into it, like, the learning process of it. And then I started playing the campaign and stuff, and I'm having, like, I haven't played much, but I'm having a really good time. Like, matches feel... Intense and RNG is bullshit in that game. It's terrible. It's all dice rolls that never go in your favor. It, everything fucks up. But when you successfully get one touchdown and it's taking you twenty minutes to get there, it's a it's a beautiful feeling. The game is janky as fuck, but it seems quite true to like the Warhammer Age of Sigma like aesthetic and stuff. But yeah, no, I've been playing it like sometimes at lunch and I'm having a pretty decent time of it. I don't know if it's still... It came out in like 2015, so I don't know if anybody's still playing it, but I'm having a pretty good time. I'm having a pretty good time. And that's, so that's hold, all I've played. You said that you, you think American football is an easy-to-understand game? You throw the ball, you catch the ball, you put it on the touchline. But you also gotta, like, look up your... Your, <laughs> your plays, Hail your, Mary, your Hail Marys with your... M minus two goo-goo-goo-goo. I know, I'm just ignorant British. I don't like, like American as soon football. As, as soon as I look at the plays and, like, hear the list of positions, my brain just, like... So that's the thing, I don't, know, I don't know if Blood Bowl is very... A lot... A, a very good re resemblance of American football then because it is very strategic and you need to place units in like certain positions because otherwise things happen and you need to block and you need to like tackle people and you know go for the Hell Mary and stuff like that and and you have less chance like the, the way the grid lays out is like 
positions you move into have a higher chance of you being tackled, and they all are on percentages. So I don't know if really it's a good resemblance, but it does feel like the same sort of tacticness as a play in American football. But I don't know. It's a lot slower. Of course, it's turn-based, but... It's a lot slower. I'm, like, watching it now. It is a lot of fun. It's very intense, and games last a while. So, I'm still enjoying it. When Matt and I were playing Mutant League, and between... (laughs) When every 30 seconds you got to pick a play, I did not know what I was clicking on (laughs) for, for most of that game. Football is more complicated than Dungeons & Dragons. I mean, yeah. Football is more complicated than doing my taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't there an app for this? (laughs) Figuring out football. Yeah, so basically that's all I've been doing. Thumbs up. Well, it still sounds like fun. It it has been a brief respite. It's been nice. I haven't had much time to play. Like, I really want to play Outer Worlds. I want a weekend to play Outer Worlds. I... Wilds, Outer Wilds, I've just not had Outer Wilds that time. The better one. The better yeah. the better one. Even after my ten hours. Oh, of they're play. both they're both good boys. They're both good. They're both Wait, yeah. Fine. But I have not had a weekend to yeah. be able to play games in a while, so I'm looking forward to that. I've been doing a lot of reading when I have chance, so that that's been uh, that's been good. Uh Matt, no. have you been doing no. a lot of reading? <laughs> Did you did you drop the Odyssey? Yeah, it's over there. It's over there. No, I, I I read through a few pages and I was just like, no, this is not this is not what I signed up for. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised, but I was looking for Dune and Name of the Wind because those those books I've I've started the Name of the Wind. Oh, dude, yeah, fuck like, yeah, way back. That's what I'm yeah, reading right I never now. Right? To finish Did it. I mention that on the last podcast? Yeah, yeah fuck yeah, dude. I'm, I'm about to. No, finish you it. I think this the is the first time. No, like the first time I heard any of this, this podcast prior. Podcast before that one. Um, yeah, I, I. Those were the the two books I was looking for, and the library didn't have it. And I was just like. What are you good for at library? <laughs> Dude, just so read, read on your phone, like right man. There. Talking of apps, just read on your phone. It's so oh, good. Oh, that's right. Dude, that's we were talking honest about. Honest to God, read on your phone. Yeah. It's like the best. I'm sorry, physical books, great. Yeah, but reading on the phone is really good. I, like, I do like the physical book. <laughs> Me yeah. too, but you, honestly, you'll, you, you will literally never go back. <laughs> I, w- I need to have like a big screen I can't have just like little phone to read every- everything books are tiny. I want, I want what are you letters. talking about I'm getting old man I'm getting old man okay. you getting got an old. iPad or this something not like big a tablet enough. yeah that's pretty big it's, that's the size of your face at big. least it is pretty big it is pretty big um, um, oh, once yeah. you go black oh. I mean once you <laughs> <laughs> no um um I- I don't know if I said this since we already talked about it. I walked in and I just saw Odyssey on display. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, Odyssey. This is a sign. Right? Like, <laughs> like, did yeah, I, did I about it. do me, that? Like, I'm, I'm wondering what actually got you to buy it and try to that give it a go. Thick. That book is so thick. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no. Um, I need to pick up... Uh, Dune next time I'm there and uh, read that before instead. Bill News, before so Bill News film comes out. I'm I'm guessing it 
it was like all the the names and places and backstory and lore that yeah i would have to keep rereading yeah man i'm sure it was all of the words wasn't it it was just the words just every bit of the words well i'm wondering (laughs) did you did you try reading through it like like with a wiki next to the, no. to it, like like you were reading video game lore. Because that that's fun? that's how I feel like it's meant. I feel like that's that's schoolwork. What yeah. you told me to do is schoolwork, which is literally what they do. In <laughs> yeah, school. yeah, but you have I to do a dance report. So long that. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I'm yearning to go back into that mindset. Maybe I want school. Maybe that's what I want. <laughs> You want to study a piece of literature? Just oh yeah, it's fucking Odyssey. So fucking yeah, better. I I want to learn more about our our imagination and how it <laughs> evolved over time. It's like as a media critic, it's real fascinating to dig into this stuff. Anyways, um, I think it's, it's uh, gonna be a standard now. You have to read the Odyssey in order to be, you know, a game critic. Gatekeeping with <laughs> gatekeeping via four thousand year old Greek mythology fantasy novels, yeah. but yeah, like the Odyssey evokes a time evokes where like people <laughs> went on on Zelda adventures as part of like the normal part of their <laughs> mental experiences. It was life was was, or at least if you were a man, at least life was was a violent quest for glory, and that. That, I feel, is something that, that we do when we engage in a lot of um, fantasy and pop culture nowadays, but the Odyssey is like a capture of when that was the, the religion. I, I'm insanely fascinated by that stuff, and I think it does fold into why I also like writing about pop culture and fiction and video games. And yet you've not watched or listened to any pop culture for a long time. Ooh. I just... I put out a video and an article, and I played two games over the weekend, and I've been trying to watch a Gretzko season two. I'm keeping that guy in mind, but honestly, if <laughs> you guys, I don't know if it's as good as the first one. But- wait, 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 wait! You've opened Pandora's box here. What did you just say? I'm really, really sorry. I don't know if a Gretzko season two is doing it for me like a Gretzko season one was. Oh no. We've we've started to, we've started talking about the the words we would not utter. I know, and I don't even have anything that significant to say because I just saw one episode, and after that, I went back to Darkwood. Ryan, I'm so sorry. Wherever you are, <laughs> wherever you are, Ryan. If you just Ryan. crashed your car at that news, I'm... it's wreckage. Wreckage. It's awful. We gotta go. Gotta go to the break. Get out of here. <laughs> bye 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 bye. There he goes. Bam, bam, Offer his hourly poop. Bam, 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 bam. Matt, I've got bam. a question for you. This is the break, by the way. Mm-hmm. We're sounding this alarm to ring in the release of Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. A game so extreme, it's making gamers everywhere do things like this. <laughs> Watch what happens when we try to run Splinter Cell Chaos Theory on a PlayStation 1. Then watch when we try to run it on a graphing calculator. Then watch what happens when we put it inside a cup. My name is Ryan O'David Donald, editor of Power Extreme Gamer Monthly, and I think that Splinter Cell Chaos Theory is the greatest video game to ever grace a console. The graphics are superb, and the controls are as if God himself invented a game, and I... uh, All the critics agree. The game's even more fun than playing with a barrel of toxic wood. 
so we we had some dirty talk over the break, but now we're back to complain about gamers, and that's what I feel guilty about. Is because I remember like throwing in some previous news topics about gamers and it not going well, and this is another one. I I can't foresee how this one wouldn't go well because it's a silly story about silly gamers, but. The U.S. federal courts have now ruled that muting toxic gamers is not a violation of their civil rights. In accordance with the lawsuit that's Why been dismissed by plaintiff Amro Elansari. <laughs> oh, here, yeah, already. That's all it takes. I, we're all, why is this new? Okay. Okay. Well, anyways. No, 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 no. Like, like I, I mean it in like a, why did they even have to go to court with this? Because here in America, we have the freedom to sue people for whatever the damn hell we want. And this is a law school dropout guy who knows how to do it. All right. So, yeah, the headline of this story is U.S. federal courts have ruled that that muting toxic gamers is not a violation of their civil rights. The textual details of this story are maybe poking like holes in a slightly smaller demographic, which is serial litigators who dropped out of law school and and apparently know some methods that get them making quick bucks, wasting other people's time fall, filing false lawsuits, which is a big phenomenon in America, and has just now, after however many decades, finally crossed over with with the world of of toxic gamers complaining about free speech limiting their uh, their their civil rights as human beings on planet Earth. Um, the plaintiff's name is Amro Elansari, and this is a guy who submitted a handwritten lawsuit, which unfortunately I was not able to find on the internet. Internet, but I did find documentation from the court dismissing his handwritten lawsuit. He claimed that he had over 2,000 hours invested in the game. 2,000 hours. Guys, have we ever played 2,000 hours of any video game ever between the three of us? Uh, yes. Like, if, if yet. I'm probably <laughs> reaching that in Smash these days. I MMOs. Think. MMOs. 2,000 yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely probably mm-hmm. reaching that in Smash, I think. That's 83 entire days. Wow. wow. So, uh, Smash. Guild, Guild Wars 2. <laughs> RuneScape. <laughs> That's How could we one forget? quarter of an entire... Definitely one quarter ma- of an... En- maple story. Uh, <laughs> it's a quarter of a whole year on... Each 2,000 hours is a lot more than you might... Think. I don't know if... Point is, I've, I've played a shitload of video games in my life, and I think the highest I've ever gone was like two, 220, 250. 2,000 is just a whole new level of uh, suspiciously unrealistic figures. In, in an official lawsuit submitted to courts over actual money, Amro Elansari claimed that he had 2,000 hours invested in the game and more when he was booted out and muted from a session he was streaming. Uh, Jagex has denied his appeal for his muting without telling him why, and so now he is seeking damages to a number that he does not actually specify and just says whatever the jury sees fit, plus a demuting of his... One dollar. Oh. If if the jury saw fit to give him one dollar in damages, then that is what that would mean. Um, he's not just suing Jagex, though. Oh, he's... this is a RuneScape player. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> These are RuneScape fans we're talking about. And shit, my headphones. I just accidentally yanked the cable out. <laughs> the, the, the lawsuit is named Ellen Sorry vs. Jagex, Inc., and some of the targets also include Shanghai Hong Tao Network Technology Company Limited... Uh, Shanghai Fukong and Interactive Entertainment Limited, 
In either case, the the judges have found that he had made no substantial allegation concerning any of those defendants on the basis of any constitutional claims that, that break the law, and they threw it out. Good. This is a guy whose lawsuits have been thrown out over the past year in, in other cases as well, uh, one of which was against Tinder. He claimed he was unlawfully scammed by Tinder because they were matching him up with bots instead of real hot local singles in his area, wow. DTFs. So, so this this guy just likes suing people. Or that's his, like, gig economy self-employment solution to surviving in, in, in our current world. Wow. It is his chosen hustle. Another one of his lawsuits was against uh, Bloomsburg University for being arrested for lighting up a marijuana joint in front of the police. Um... Yeah, th this is a guy who's you know making a living out of out of stretching the law and whichever silly ways he can he can make done. So this really this isn't really video game news. It's more just a crazy dude using video games to try and scam. Unless some money. unless you spin it as this setting a precedent against toxic gamers arguing that the the First Amendment free speech protections of the law protect their speech on a game company's private platform. Like, like if anything, this should stand as an example from now on. If a kid ever tries to use that argument, if you cross them in the wild, you can now say, no, courts have ruled that, that you're wrong, and <laughs> you're not actually allowed to say the N-word in Rainbow Six Siege because of the, the United States First Amendment. Like, which is always a silly argument to posit in the first place, but now that a silly lawsuit has been thrown out, we at least can know that much. Jeez. <laughs> So have you guys ever encountered kids in... Oh, I'm yeah. sure you've seen comment sections of, of, of them saying First Amendment protections is, is all about extending... The First Amendment protections extend over into social media and, and, and video game chat rooms, chat boxes, chat, chat zones. Yeah. Speaking of League of Legends, back in the day when I used to play a lot of that, that was filled with toxic Vile. chat. It's because they're, you know, it's just, it's just these dudes on the internet, you know, they're, they're protected by their screen. They would never do that in person. <laughs> I've had a few social it's encounters. It's true, they wouldn't. No, I, they, they would I, not. I don't, I don't know, guys. I've, I, I don't think so. I have crossed paths with some characters. Not with me around. Not with you and me, and not with me around. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I would have definitely backed you up. <laughs> you were there when space. when airport girl was waiting on there. me at the gate. What would you have done if you were there? Oh, I would have been laughing at you. That's airport girl, dude. <laughs> I'm talking about some like some some crusty <laughs> some crusty dude coming up to you and saying some mean things that me make no sense <laughs> wait you i were love in kunami the... you can't hate on kunami you were in the area <laughs> but not with me at the time when a fan said don't try rhyming again for a video i was definitely not there for that <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair isn't that just constructive criticism what? I get, uh, no, it's just <laughs> shutting down a whole genre of 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 writing. 
Yeah. I, I, I think I think your group of fans just doesn't know how to say jokes properly. You know, they just they just say them. It's like, oh, I I didn't think you should just try rhyming again. Well, now that you've said that, I'm sure that my group of fans will get unnecessarily offended at the claim. <laughs> which just completely demonstrates the circular logic of it all. Anyways, yeah, no, a lot of like like pseudo Gamergate adjacent arguments about the First Amendment protecting people's harassment and toxic behavior not actually being how the law works is now exemplified by that being a precedent. That's why this is news. <laughs> Well, George, it's in your constitutional civil rights or whatever the hell it works in America where you can just ignore these people. U.S. Unless we get a subpoena, unless I get a subpoena from him for libel and slander and defamation for talking shit about his handwritten anti-RuneScape lawsuit that got thrown out. <gasps> Maybe, yeah, shit. Maybe we should fucking not say anything. Well, come to think of it, when other video game pundits have gotten sued by critics before, like when Lotax got boxed by Uwe Boll, and when Jim Sterling got sued by, what was it called, Digital Homicides or something, those were big cases that ended up giving them a lot of publicity, and they didn't, the lawsuits never go anywhere anyway, so it would be troublesome, but it also could be a big boost in, in our SEO rankings. Uh, but well, you know, you got like some sort of weird guerrilla marketing. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta spend money to make money to to rank up your SEO levels, right? <laughs> so a website called um, bestseocompanies.com. I don't exactly know if a website name like that was striking me as as any kind of well respected research institute, but upon further looking Sounds through the sources, not. I. Right, right, but but it's fine. It turns out that it's fine. I saw a news story that was fun and silly that claimed a study claimed that PlayStation fans are the most brand loyal, and um, I looked through it. And this SEO website did a survey of one thousand participants, asking them what kind of brands they're into. And there's some interesting observations that they found. Uh, for the, the sections on video gamings that generated that headline, as it were, 40.7% of their respondents said that they'd be most likely to shop the PlayStation brand for. For video games, Xbox scored in at 31, Nintendo scored at 30.4, which makes the two of them surprisingly neck and neck. I would have actually been expecting to see Nintendo at the top, PlayStation at number two, and Xbox in the third, but it does make sense that this PlayStation is, is number one. Like they, This is brand loyalty. It doesn't, it doesn't constitute sales, though. Mm -mm. However, I believe there are some figures that fold into sales. Yeah, one in three people with the gaming system plan to buy the new PlayStation compared to one in four who plan to buy the new Xbox compared to just 8% who are uh, wanting to buy both. That question was questioning them on, on their next-gen planning purchases. Um, and they also question them on, on other things besides video games, shoe brands. Uh, I was interested in cell phones. Apparently, uh, there are more Android fans among these 1,000 participants than Apple fans up until you start measuring them by generations. Boomers, Gen Xers, and Millennials all prefer Android, but Gen Z vastly favors Apple. I wonder how, how you could what explain that. What is Gen that. Z? Uh, Gen Zs are kids who are like either young adults or late teenagers right now. They were born after the turn of the millennium. Oh my god, so millennials aren't the youngest people in the world. 
Mm-mm. Millennials What is are, happening? Millennials just means you were growing into age during the turn of the millennium. So we like are if, millennials. If you were a kid or a teenager or a young adult during the year 2000, you're a millennial. God damn it. And if you're a kid or a young adult during the post-2000s, you're a Gen Zer. And that means you oh. like Apple, apparently. I wonder if uh, growing oh. up with, with... I like Apple, though. Oh, right, but you're not in the the majority here, among, or at least among this one thousand participant survey. That, <laughs> in sociology classes, you always got to clarify how small your sample size actually is when you're making these assumptions. Mm. Thousand people is not a lot of people. But yeah, I don't know if uh, you guys had any any interesting thoughts or observations about how you might have have seen these statistics in your own lives come come to life or uh or if you remember, you question it like, all during during the the xbox 360 and ps3 era that was the most prominent i can remember of like the console wars that wasn't sega and nintendo because sega and nintendo were trying to outmarket each other there wasn't really fighting on the on the internet about which console was better because obviously it was a completely different time but even though i think you know Sony and Xbox were not trying to outmarket each other during the PS3, Xbox 360 era. The online debate was endless about this. But that seems to have died down. Really. It still exists and it surprises me when it does. Oh, that, yeah. I don't doubt that it does. I just wonder if it does to the extent that it felt like it did, like 10 no, years. no. Like, like my my guess is that kids who gr- engaged in that grew up and that grew out of it, and the little small amount we're seeing nowadays are the kids who still fall into that because their parents can only afford to buy them one console. Because the rest of the kids probably play play free stuff. It or very much did cheap seem stuff. to coincide with the birth of PSN and Xbox Live, and then you know Xbox Live being like its own revolution at the time because it was and so good i don't know about you guys but i feel like striking up a conversation with the random gamer online got way worse after xbox live <laughs> i didn't really do that very often but i do remember very clearly one scottish guy who i ended up in a game with playing halo reach maybe and I remember adding that guy on my friends list. I remember playing some games with him for a good year and a half. Mm. And that was that, that is the only recollection I have of like randomly meeting somebody online in a game and then it being a positive experience to the extent of then playing further games with them. I've had a- I wonder how old Craig is doing <laughs> wherever he may be in the world. Yeah. I've had a I have a couple of people like that. Xbox 360 was like the golden age for me. Mm. Playing with online people all the time. Randomly. You meet people all the time. I think my fondest memories lie with Jedi Knight and Jedi Academy in 2002 and 2003, which would have been just slightly before the advent of Xbox Live. I remember people making maps for their clans that were just like little hotel rooms full of inside jokes. And you would walk through the maps, laugh at the jokes, laugh at the environmental storytelling, and it was a little narrative FPS experience. And then, like, ten years later, Gone sure Home comes out, and that's 30 not fights bad. Of loving. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that started to come out with, like, commercial <laughs> polish, and gamers hated it a decade later, when a decade before, gamers were fine with it? 
Gamers hate everything. Come on. Yeah. I I blame. But uh, the what internet. I'm interested, what I'm interested to know is uh, if you guys had to choose, if you if only one brand of these could survive, <laughs> what brand what brand would you choose? And you you, you can't say PC, of course. Only fourteen point seven percent did. Well, that that I feel like brings the reality to the sheet of statistics because I would choose PlayStation like for as much as I was expecting Nintendo because they have such an exclusionary marketing and distribution environment like if you go to a video game if you go to an electronic media store the Nintendo section but it is, is very much built on nostalgia and it's also inconsistent over time like we can see this yeah. as evidence of fanboyism, but I more and more that I think about it see as as reasonable marketing trends. Like the PlayStation brand has been consistent over almost now as long a, a time in in the public's consciousness, at least as Nintendo. Uh, it did it did take a dip during the PS3 era. Nobody yeah would just really just for the first few PS3 years was a success. But then it caught up by the you, end man? of that generation. Matt, what about you? If only one could survive out of the between big three, the two, the big three, the big three, the three sixty was like my thing. But yeah, but you got to everything. You got to look at Xbox and as after. Xbox now. Yeah, Xbox One is quite a tragedy. Um, PS two, PS two age was phenomenal. Yeah, it's gonna. It's, it's what it's gonna be, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like if those those two consoles were my were, were the thing. You you had a PS2 and you had a 360 and you just had everything you needed. Like yeah, so, so you had a Wii. Some your friend had a Wii, and you played some of those games and that's it. But like you had a 360 and you had a PS2. Not to say Nintendo was bad, but like, you know, Nintendo was you know you had your you had your melee system, you had your GameCube. In the back, you know, blow some dust off of it. And but but it the PlayStations the are the Swiss Army knives. Like, yeah. they play everything. Yeah. So And in a survey about, like, yeah. raw purchasing decisions, it does make a lot more sense to me to think that PlayStation would win that contest then if, when it comes down to your average person's average dollar. Yeah, I, w- I would I say guess. PlayStation. Yeah, it's so hard. Everybody knows that I, w- of course, I'm a huge fan of Nintendo's brand and the games mm-hmm. but when i have to think overall like what i'd be getting out of like a year yeah i would get like third party stuff and play but it, it depends if we're talking like brand brand seems to me to include like exclusives in that like third party yeah. stuff that plays on the console doesn't really count and then if i think of the playstation exclusive i like that's not very strong i actually think i like a lot more of xbox's exclusives than i do playstation's Especially now with like Xbox Game Pass and a lot of games coming mm-hmm. out for free, I think Xbox is stronger in that regard. PlayStation has Uncharted and God of War and stuff like that, but in comparison to how I feel about Nintendo first party exclusives, there it, it's apples and oranges. Like I absolutely adore Nintendo's first party stuff. I would pick Nintendo now if I was only <laughs> thinking about now, but like back then, no. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you think if you think of it as a, as a now and beyond, like out of out of the three, who do you foresee I mean, will continue to go on? Nintendo, because Nintendo has a lot of the, the a lot of the indie games and everything on the platform. The Switch does kind of have everything on it right yeah. now. Yeah. 
but it's really funny, right? Because this is the industry is still, of course, super young. It's like maximum forty years old, right? Which is super early. But we have now seen through all three of them stumbling blocks. Like Nintendo have had eh, probably more than the other two, but Nintendo have been around a lot longer. But Nintendo have still been able to survive a lot longer than come around with the Switch, and then all of a sudden the Switch is like the hottest selling console in the world, right? Whereas PlayStation had a great success with the first console, but it was really the second console that was just fucking mind-blowing and was the best. But the third console kind of faltered. Everybody was worried a little bit. PS3 definitely could not compete with Xbox 360, really. But then the PS4 comes out, the PS4 is one of the best consoles of all time. And then Xbox, you're like, oh, well, how could they fuck up? They have Xbox Live and Xbox 360, and it's incredible. And then they bring out the Xbox One, and they fuck it up. So every one of them has had stumbling blocks. So if you were going to go, like, beyond, it's kind of a... Who who knows? Yeah. Who knows? The, the way I interpret these numbers and this talk is that Nintendo's got people by the heart, but PlayStation's got people by the brain. Yeah. <laughs> and Xbox has people by the halos. It, Xbox is just all over the place. They're a wild card. Uh, gaming. Video games are the... Go play video. Uh, video games are also the content of our listener questions, which we might have time for one, one and a half. Uh, since you're back, Liam, I decided to roll a question aimed at you uh, uh, on top front it. this week. Uh, this is from Sir Rick the Nick. And wait, I also forgot to say, if you want to send us questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. We ran out of our previous batch and could use another one. Yeah. <laughs> so... Rick Fill the Nick is back at it. Again, got another one. Partially due to the recommendation of Liam, I recently finally finished Oathbringer, and I'm finally caught up with the Stormlight Archives and really enjoyed it. Since I believe Liam is the only one who's read it, what did you think of it? Favorite moments? Favorite part of the world building? Also, did you read Warbreaker slash Edgedancer as well? And that's the question. I have no idea what those words mean. Okay. Uh, so actually he's a book ahead of me because I have not read Oathbringer, but I've read, I've recently finished, uh, Words of Radiance, which is the second book in this series. And I absolutely love it. I love Brandon Sanderson's, uh, world and everything. Obviously I've talked a lot about reading on my phone on the podcast recently. I'm a big evangelist of this now, and I'm currently reading through The Name of the Wind, which is fucking brilliant mm -hmm. it's so good and it's so nice and i love it and i'm really enjoying it after as like a palette cleanser from the stormlight archives because stormlight archives is very heavily traditional fantasy in in a lot of ways um but i love it i do love the stormlight archives and words of radiance is ending i don't want to spoil it for anybody who's reading and i highly recommend you do it's probably one of the highest rated fantasy series out now um the final, like, climactic build-up towards the end of Words of Radiance is easily my favorite part so far. Like, when they have the big fight, and they find the thing in the middle, and then the stuff that happens a little bit after, like, with, uh, uh, what's his name? Guy who betrays Dalna, and then his son, Adeline, when they meet in the, the big tower. Like, oh, man, it's good shit. Um... 
Yeah, no, it's really good. I highly recommend it. I'm absolutely loving getting back into world, uh, into reading, and it's been a lot of fun. And it really helps with like understanding what the state of like writing in video games is at. Like, yeah. having played oh, a lot no. of video games, yeah. having played oh, no. a lot of video games without reading a lot over the years <laughs> for the past ten years or so, being so heavily involved in video games, I kind of just got used to. Video game writing is the standard for what I was consuming outside of people. And getting back into reading, yeah. like, not that I stopped, but doing more and more and understanding people like Patrick Rothfuss and Scott Lynch and Brennan Sands and just how fucking good they are yeah. at writing and how amazing the world building can be in those stories compared to video games, which really still needs, like, visual aids to be able to portray like i'm glad stuff like disco elysium exists now but yeah we still got a long way to go to compare to some of the yep. the fantasy that's being written now and stuff like that but if you haven't read it stormlight archives highly recommend it it's great okie dokie <laughs> <laughs> liam keeps freezing every once in a while right now he's like this make that your cell phone background <laughs> My beautiful face. Diego C. says, Now that we're at the end of a console generation, it feels like people have had enough of open-world collectathons being the de facto game template. What do you think will be the next overly saturated genre? My bet is on Souls-like. Battle Royale. Think it's Battle Royale? <laughs> it's getting to that point. It's Battle Royale. <laughs> Battle Royale or uh, what, as you go in with cover shooters before, like forms of that. Mm. Or looter shooters. Looter shooters. We've already seen next gen. What's it called? Godfall. Mm-hmm. Like, Godfall we've already seen is it. a looter shooter. Yeah, it's like a Warframe, Destiny Two style, more games as a service style mm. stuff. Fortnite updates every two weeks. Like more games like that. I think. I believe we'll see more of them, but in terms of like there being a dominant, overly saturated genre, I would actually expect things to be diversifying for a little while. Like, uh, I I don't know if I'm going to expect there to be a huge glut of Souls-likes because the bar for entry is so high. And it takes a lot to make a game like that. It takes so much to and, make a game and, like that. And 100-player battle royales are even more, like, specific engineering degree technical wizardry. Uh, you would think that but uh, i don't know it's a lot easier to start with a base line content and then update it over time and get a better and better game that has been around for two and a half years because you've just added a shit ton of stuff to it and you've been able to challenge it change it and balance it and stuff but releasing a game like sekiro or even you know jedi fallen order you don't get that chance after people have played through it once right it's not an ever-evolving game. I feel like video game developers have this kind of almost like low-hanging fruit now where the idea of making a game that you can, with a user base that will spend a lot of money if your game is good enough to start with, the idea that you can just keep updating it with content and not have to go through massive development cycles all the time is really, really tempting. So I would be surprised if we did see more games like Souls Likes, which are tough one time playthrough deals that have already been, you know, proven by From Software that only those guys can really 
really kill it compared to how many games uh, as a service we have now. And if you look at the, the Game of the Year winners for the past two years, you see that there is less of a hegemony over a established genre. Mm. Like, um, but I bet if you, I, I bet apart from like MOBAs and stuff like that, which is very specifically like PC based stuff, I bet like the top earning genres outside of MOBAs and battle royales is probably looter shooters or games as a service, like Warframe, Destiny Two, um, maybe I don't know how well did Anthem sell? <laughs> Not but very. I, but it feels like there is going to be more games like that where they just get updated all the time. You can spend money in the game. There's no end. Pillars of Eternity is uh, not Pillars. Path of Exile. Poe. Path of Exile. Those guys still rocking it. There's a lot of games like that now. Like Riot. Obviously, Riot League of Legends. They've been around for like 12 years. They've only just released their second ever video game. Yeah, they, I, I feel like we're gonna see a lot more of, like one like, it's weird to live in an era where MMOs aren't like people's just one hit game, right? There are people who specifically only play Destiny two and then just don't play anything else. In any case, it totally doesn't feel to me like those years when modern military shooters were were dominating so much of the conversation over sales and culture. And even when people were getting tired of open-world sandbox collectathons, it feels like those were less ubiquitous than the modern military shooters, which were less ubiquitous than the World War II shooters, which were less ubiquitous than the Doom clone sci-fi shooters, which were less ubiquitous to every damn game coming out in the 80s and 90s being almost the same side-scroller. So I think, <laughs> I think things get more diverse with time, and I think, I think I the past so. few years are a big... A couple examples of that. Because if you Google best games of 2019, like, you don't even see the FPS genre dominate the list anymore. You got Apex Legends. Control is kind of a shooter. Uh, I, would you really want to argue Outer Wilds is an FPS? It's an FPRPG. There's uh, Metro Exodus and Call of Duty. But other than that, a lot of the old standby genres aren't, aren't, aren't cramming up the list like in previous years. And I see that as a good thing. I'm down with that. Cool. Oh, it's not a bad thing. It, it, I think the question is more like, what game is going to be popular? What type of game is going to be popular in the next generation? What is like the next big thing? And I don't think, I don't think you can just make battle royales really and be like, this is going to be great. We're going to make a load of money. The culling obviously has shown that stuff like that can suck. So maybe not battle royales, but. Games as a service, like the idea that you can have a community of players and all you need to do is survive off that community. No, nah, man, it's going to be weird VR games and me and Matt are going to be able to, to pull out our headsets and write out the whole next decade of mainstream trends on that totally real thing. Just <laughs> <laughs> you two in your zone. Yeah, uh, Matt, crusty, do you have... Crusty VR zone. Crusty eye gunk from being in the the headlight. It's Ugh, too long. Matt, do you have any 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 opinion? Any insight? Any commentary? We've 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 dialogued it for too long. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you guys pretty much went ham on that question. We went ham. Yeah. Hey. What game would you like to see as the next popular one, Matt? What type of game 
would you like them to be making more? Oh, my God. I would love to see some more types of RPG stuff. Like, I would, like, not even just the... the regular traditional ones, but like uh, some more two, Hollow Knight. No, some more Hollow Knight stuff. Maybe some more indie RPGs. You know, like um, mm. like I would like to see some more side strolling stuff um, as well. Mm. Uh, like I, you know, there's not like remember Soul, Soul and Sanctuary. Oh yeah, Salt and Sanctuary. Salt and Hell Sanctuary. Yeah. yeah, like remember all that? Like yeah, like that, 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 that counts that as comes a up. Yeah. Clone. None of that stuff comes up, you know? Like, just lots of weird stuff like that. I I do like um, some good um, leveling up systems with good gear and stuff. And just putting that in different, <laughs> in different things would be nice, you know? Something a little bit different each time. But, yeah, there's, like, there's not many. And it's so hard to make huge open world RPGs like The Witcher 3 and all that. So I I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't say like oh I want more of those because you know it, it's it's so hard to make those good in the first place, um, but yeah um, yeah maybe some indie RPGs I would be down with, yeah, but hmm. but I, I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna I'm not gonna have another salt and sanctuary anytime soon, um, and black like you. I, I actually did like um Blood of the Blood of the Ritual? Is that what it's called? Bloodstain? Bloodstain oh, blood ri- ritual, ritual of the Night. Ritual of the Night. Ritual of the Night. I actually quite enjoyed that, but That was okay. It was it okay. Was yeah. I mean there are plenty of great indie games. I don't know if there are good indie RPGs because yeah. RPGs tend to be really hard games to make. Yeah. So they tend not to be RPGs by nature of being short condensed experiences but it would be interesting to see but even the rpgs we have seen like hollow knight and salt and sanctuary are both souls like rpgs anyway so it'd be intriguing to see somebody make like a i mean it's not 3d jrpg i mean crosscode right crosscode was uh indie jrpg yeah yeah like stuff like that would be interesting i i haven't talked about it a lot but there's um a really the Age of Decadence. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but that's like a, a 3D one-man indie RPG game that that hits all the notes. I, I got to get back into that. Nice. Of course you didn't like it's, finish it. Of course I didn't finish it. <laughs> Anyways, that's where no. we finish this. <laughs> yeah. The only point I want to bring up is that Age of Decadence is also another example of, of that happening. Oh, this of, is old. Of, Oh my god. <laughs> this is so old, dude. Yeah, yo, you know what is actually old is hearing you say this is old this so is many times. Old man. Like it, oh, it's, okay. it's it's looking a little bit like RuneScape. Not to say anything because this is pretty impressive for one person doing everything. I mean there's a lot going on here. And there's some oh, cool yeah, some animations help. in here. Just just very very small help. Yeah, it's very yeah. That's pretty impressive though. But anyways, it's pretty would you uh for 2015, I, right? 2015. It's probably, 5 years probably ago. Wanna, that's not bad wanna, for you. Wanna, 5 years ago, that's not bad for you, George. Is it is it yeah, more it's or less in the decade imp- time window? It it looks it still looks before 2015, but 
Well, because yeah, it's a small project by yeah, it doesn't I have money in it. I'm, I'm just saying you have a taste. That's all I'm saying. Nothing against the game. I, have, yeah, I, I, I do have a taste for uh, plucky small groups of very cheaply produced media reaching new fun audiences like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm trying to figure out how to segue out of. It's 2020, guys. Just, we need to be more hip and more Gen Z. So, oh, oh yeah, that's right. We learned what that means today. You, you, everybody who is a hip Gen Zer out there, you should rate this podcast on all those platforms. Oh. Actually, if you are a hip Gen Z person, I am legitimately interested in wondering why that study found such a higher preference for Apple over Android within Gen Z in particular. Like, like was because it? Because you a, can rate Dad and Sons on iTunes. You can rate Dad and Sons on iTunes. You can listen to Dad and Sons on on iTunes. All you can, the cool you can load kids. It. All the cool kids you, like yeah. Apple. That's what yeah, they but do. all the kids that have some money left over like Android. <laughs> Their their mommy and daddy buys Apple products for them. I I'm wondering if that's what was happening. Like if earlier generations were introduced to the 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 good cheap one and the good eh, the bad cheap one and the good expensive one, but the earlier later generations just grow up wanting using the Apple. expensive good one by default. We, we grew up using Nokia's man. Those those like old pieces of crap. We were there before Apple man. That's why we don't care. See, it's weird because. I- I've bounced back and forth between having an Android phone and having an iPhone and then having an Android phone and having an iPhone for like 10 years. Hmm. And now I use, I've had like three iPhones in a row. I don't think I would go back to Android, even though one of the best phones I ever had was a HTC One X. I love that phone. You know, yeah, don't know. I, I have a little bit of an analogy. Matt, do you remember when we were kids how many more American TVs you would see in the 90s? TVs by RCA and Magnavox. And how nowadays we see like... I have never heard of either of those companies. Nowadays, <laughs> it's all Japanese or Korean TVs. It's it's Sony or Samsung. Goddamn and I wonder God if that's far. I wonder if that's because of prior generations having that mental block of buying a foreign brand because they want to support the domestic what? economy. But what when we were, were growing brands? up, we didn't even notice uh, RCA and Magnavox. I have never heard of either of them. RCA. I had two RCA TVs in the house up until '98. Yeah. RCA was were real popular TVs. Yeah. I have no idea. Oh man, I wonder if they're still around cuz that's that's also like a sign of the times. It's scary like all those jobs have gone away too. <sighs> a lot of them changed yeah. names and rebranded. Yeah. Yeah, it was sounding, it was sounding more and more like boomers. Broken up in 2011. <laughs> as, as this podcast and absorbed into Genie. You know, that's how I introduced it though. Was like you guys helping me figure out how the hell Spotify works. I'm trying to work Spotify on my old RCA Magnavox is a uh, uh, flip phone over here cuz cuz I don't want my data going out to the the market of bum, the bum, great bum, data brokers bum, on the dark bum, web. Bum, bum, bum.